This is a special Verge podcast coming to you straight from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. My name is Emily Yoshida. I'm the entertainment editor at The Verge. And with me are uh, some of Teen Verge out here at South by Southwest. Will you, would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Kwame Opum, news editor. I'm uh, Casey Newton, the Silicon Valley editor. I'm Dieter Bone. I didn't realize we were, we were dropping titles down. It's real. <laughs> it's wild. This is a very official and fancy podcast, yeah. um, as as suits the fanciest uh, festival conglomeration thing uh, going. Uh, so it's it's this thing is a beast. This is my first time at, at at South by Southwest, and it is there's so much going on in so many different areas. There's really no excuse, especially now that they've added the sports aspect. There's nobody who has no reason, like no reason to go here. Like there's something for almost everybody here, which is sort of crazy. Um, if you're not here, you're irrelevant. That's how I like to think of it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's, I've seen a lot of people kind of uh, saying that they're muting people on Twitter or talking about South by, but they're just jealous, you know. Totally. Um, but I mean, I feel like despite in spite of how sprawling it is, it it still feels like a pretty good vibe here, and there's still a lot of interesting stuff to check out. Uh, would you agree, Dieter? I would. I. I... I will say it seems way, way, way more crowded than it did last year. There's just people everywhere. I think the only time I ever saw a street without 50 people on it was at 3 in the morning. Uh, it's just bonkers. Um, and there's not like, you know, usually we you know we cover a lot of tech news at The Verge, and there's not a ton of just tech news here. But the panels, if only because there's so many of them, uh, by and large, everyone that I've gone to has been pretty good. Uh, just a lot of smart stuff being said. And um, the brands, uh, <laughs> hashtag brands. I mean, I'm just going to jump right into it because, uh, like, we've we've had a lot of uh, interactions and activations with brands. And last year, we came here and we saw brands taking over. And this year, it's done. Like that process is finished. We are fully brandified. South by Southwest is completely owned by brands, and uh, we survived. Life is fine. It's, 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 it's fun and fine living in brand world. As long as you can like understand that you're living in brand world. Well, and they also seem to have been weirdly tamed this year. Like, yes, there are brands around every corner and you know, every booth you see has a sponsor name on it. But I think the programmers did a much better job of coming up with panels that were going to be interested to people who are not digital marketers, which I think was the biggest problem last year was that the entire conference just felt like a marketing festival. You know, you had these panels like high on hashtags and the digital cronut, right? These are like real panels that happened. Whereas like this year, it's like an interview with the CEO of Lyft or of BuzzFeed, um, uh, or, you know, Edward Snowden having a secret meeting with tech executives via conference call. Right. So I think there's a little bit uh, of a sense this year that more is happening. Uh, of of interest to real folks. Yeah, and I, I think it doesn't feel too invasive as sort of audacious as some of the stunts have been that people have done. It's not like it invades your space unless you want it to. It's not like you're getting Samsung just crammed down your throat. Mm, cool imagery there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean it just feel it feels like you can you can go and check out the base motel thing or you can check out Game of Thrones stuff, but it's not it's not it doesn't it feels more like a sidebar than the actual event which is smart do we yet have a clear-cut definition of what a brand activation is oh boy we're working (laughs) on that i feel like we we will have finally succeeded as a society when we can define does does the brand get activated or do you get activated i think the brand gets activated okay but i think that one is also activated vis-a-vis the brand uh that's i mean in a in a perfect scenario both both the, the subject and the brand are activated together oh um, right yeah well, you know. and you want to make sure one of them doesn't get activated too soon <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
There are now four people left listening to the podcast. <laughs> we, we should, for those who, who may not have read the coverage, like Emily, I think, should describe what the Bates Motel was at South by Southwest because it was sincerely impressive, however you feel about brands or A&E or the Bates Motel. Yeah, well, I mean, first I should just explain, actually, in as best as I can what a brand activation is because <laughs> the only reason we keep bringing it up is because it came through in a lot of press emails and it was just this sort of vague term that I personally found to be ridiculous and amusing to describe a happening like a general happening that has to do with a brand um, whether that's like an interactive thing or a show or something it's just like this was just the blanket term for it so the base motel thing uh, which was definitely the most impressive brand activation that I saw uh, was a it's a and still there um, it's a it's a double wide trailer basically that they put on a busy corner of uh, Chavez and uh, it's right next to the convention center so it's like the hub of of everything going on and it's uh it's like a recreation of the Bates Motel and it's a, a promotion for the show Bates Motel on Annie um, but you can actually stay there there are three functional more or less functional motel <laughs> rooms um, there and I I volunteered to stay uh, on the first night that they were open for business. And uh, I mean, it was it was it was it kind of intense. Like the, the the shower has like a blood stain decal on it. I mean, there's like there's stuff in the drawers. There's it basically just reads as like a dumpy motel that they threw up, I guess, in three days, which was crazy. Right. Did, did anything like creepy happen overnight? No, no, except I couldn't sleep at all. Uh, that was the only problem. But the thing is, like, I shouldn't, I don't want to say the name of the mattress company because the mattress company that su- supplied the, the bed was like a startup mattress company. Say it. It was, I can't. I, I feel so bad because we were in, we were in the room and the guy who invented the mattress came in oh. and he was like, oh, you're going to be one of the first people to ever sleep on this oh. mattress. Like, you'll have to let me know how it is. And I was like, cool, dude. We're... And I could not sleep on this mattress. It was terrible. What was the issue with the mattress? Too soft. Okay. I like a good hard mattress. Yep. <laughs> Uh, what I think is really funny is that the Bates Motel, it looked super impressive. Uh, some of us here in the room got to go into the hotel room and, you know, they put together this magnificent care package for you. And there was Mm -hmm. like a Roku and you could sort of like stream every episode of the show. It was like Mm -hmm. the Bates Motel experience was like taken to the maximum. But what you don't realize is that they've essentially put you up inside just like a tent in the middle of the busiest intersection in Austin. Yeah. And so I, I can't imagine falling asleep for like more than 20 minutes at a time it was it was bad and and also people will just walk up to it especially drunk people in the middle of the night will just go up and have a full-on conversation right outside your window because they like who would actually believe that there would be people sleeping in there it looks fake but i was at least i i doubt that anybody else actually did it <laughs> well it brings up an important point which is if you see a brand activation there are real human beings that are part of that okay it may le- seem like just some corporate you know situation but no there are human beings well, involved that's people live I, in I, South by Southwest has like they have like a show floor, which is a mix of like like little Kickstarter campaigns and like different cities trying to get you to take your startup to like Calgary or whatever, whatever the hell their city is. And, you know, there's nothing there. But I mean, there's a ton of stuff there. And you walk by and this show more than any other show, usually when I'm at a convention and someone like tries to get my attention, I'm like, yeah, no, leave me alone. I've got someplace else to be. I don't know where it is, but it is not here. But here it's like, oh, yeah, you're like an actual human being that's standing in front of a logo instead of just a horrible, hopeless person I don't want to talk to. Um, Actually, uh, one last thing before we get deep into movies, because there's a ton of movie stuff to talk about. Uh, We have to talk about Meerkat a little bit. Yeah. 
it has been five years since it felt like an app actually won South by Southwest. Yeah. So in fact, when you started seeing a lot of these South by Southwest is dead style posts, which started happening around 2011, one of the big things people would say is apps just don't launch here anymore. You know, uh, Twitter first became a big deal at South by Southwest. Foursquare also became a big deal at South by Southwest. And the reason was because in 2007, eight and nine, Austin was the only concentration of early adopters with smartphones where you could actually test some of these mobile social apps. Um, of course, mobile social local. Yeah. The Solomo apps, if you will. (laughs) Um, but of course in the, you know, the next few years, everybody got a smartphone. So you no longer needed to come to Austin to test out your new thing. And so you didn't have, have these apps seeing this crazy success. So all of us, myself included, assume that the days of an app launching at South by Southwest or sort of, you know, reaching mainstream awareness at South by Southwest were totally over. Then comes along Meerkat. It's a way to live stream from your phone. It's dead simple. You connect with Twitter. You press a button. Next thing you know, anything that your phone can see, your audience can see. Um, and it's just grown like wildfire. So those apps have been around for literally a decade. Uh, but what was what's genius about Meerkat is it just slurped up your entire friend information from Twitter. And so anybody you followed on Twitter, you would just get a notification when they started broadcasting. So it was genius and it worked really well. And while I was here, AT&T signed up. I got a notification that AT&T signed up. And then like four hours later, uh, Matt Hone and BuzzFeed broke the news that Twitter had cut Meerkat off and they no longer got to use all that friend information. Twitter has going to have its own streaming app from Periscope that's coming eventually. Um, But it was a sign that like this is like this thing is real and it it legitimized it in a way that was like really surprising, but also like it's going to be a bummer because they're going to try and save it. But I, I can't help but think that they've just, they're kneecapped now. Well, maybe, but you know, one thing we noticed today was uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the Veep herself, was meerkatting all over Austin. Uh, Al Roker was meerkatting today. Uh, so it's got some celebrity action. It got the hot celeb buzz going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I wrote about in my piece on Meerkat, which came out um, last Monday, was once you use it, you immediately think, oh, this was just supposed to be part of Twitter all along. Right. There are going to be situations where you do want to share your view. If you're at a concert, you're at a sporting event, or you're inside a particularly cool brand activation, um, <laughs> it really feels like it belongs there. And so whether we all start using Periscope, this company that Twitter just bought, or whether Meerkat continues to thrive on its own, I think we'll be using one of the two. Um, interestingly, though, since Twitter cut off their sort of direct access to the stream, it seems like it's only grown bigger because yeah. it became a story and it turned them into the underdog. Yep. Um, I don't know too much about Meerkat. I'm personally afraid of it. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm influenced now by my favorite celebrity, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Like I'll, I'll follow her down any, down any path. Um, we had a long period in the hotel where Brian and I were meerkatting together and it got a little weird, (laughs) a little awkward. Um, but just trolling around the hotel grounds down in the lobby and, it was intense and fun and had a lot of fun. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think there's something so funny to me. And I was kind of noticing this before we left for South by two, but the idea that there is a whole group of people who would think that South by is over because an app didn't launch here because right. I come to this 
as like uh, it's just like a long-standing music festival and film festival and the inter- the interactive part is not so much in my world but then like the idea that i mean it could be over for a lot of different reasons but the idea like oh they didn't launch an app like that's 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 wild well to me. i mean i think the thing to remember is south by southwest really did used to be where the cool kids on the internet came to hang out so like and, and i realize it sounds a little bit ridiculous to say but like you know people who i grew up reading on the web the like the john grubers and the andy Bayos, people with the coolest blogs they were coming here they were doing these really funny creative clever presentations nobody was trying to market to anybody else that's a lie uh, <laughs> those guys weren't trying to market to anybody else um and so it just it had this real like aura about it like this was where you came to sort of find out what was next and to be among your fellow travelers and that just became a honeypot and the digital marketer mm-hmm. seized upon it so there's definitely been a change in, in the tone here um but one of the reasons it's become easier for i don't know people like me to think well maybe i don't need to go to south by this year is because it's no longer the place where you're going to find the next twitter or so we thought hmm. Well, um, we're moving over into entertainment and, uh, and, and film and TV, actually, because there's been a lot of TV launch stuff. I don't, I don't want to say activation anymore. I'm not saying the A word. <laughs> uh, there's been some, some TV events here as well. Um, it was actually interesting uh, at the Veep panel that I was at this morning. Uh, this, this woman asked, uh, do you think, like, just because there's such a represent- uh, TV is so represented at South by, uh, I guess, among the film and kind of in the interactive part, do you think that there should be a TV section of of uh, of South by? And everybody on the panel was like, "No, we don't need a TV panel." Then, like, th- as the conversation went on, and they started to talk more about like the ideas of just like you know what kind of platforms people are la- launching shows on and all of that everybody was sort of like well maybe there should be (laughs) like a whole section just for tv panels because there's always a lot to talk about in that area um there was also a lot to talk about as far as community goes uh community which is now kind of half half has its leg in the in the interactive part as well with its its uh rebirth on yahoo the thing that i've decided uh, at this year's festival is that community is actually immortal um and that everybody who wrote about the show for the first five years thinking that it's this little weakling, it's going to get kneecapped at any moment and just sort of like sent to an early grave, you were wrong. Like somebody made a deal with the devil and community will never die. I was at a panel with Dan Harmon, the creator this week, where he was talking about season seven, eight and nine and a movie. Keep in mind, people go to community college for two years. This was a show about <laughs> seven people who came to get their associate's degree. We're talking about season nine and a feature film. So it all feels a bit insane to me. Yeah. And it just seems like such a, I mean, it's very easy to make jokes about because you've got these two kind of struggling to find their identity I can't stop saying brands, <laughs> uh, entities, giant mega corporations. Yes. Um, well, I mean, you kind of go from NBC, which has its own problems. That's where community originally aired. And now, now they're switching over to Yahoo. And he was talking, I guess, on the panel that Yahoo has actually given them way more support and, yeah. and promotion and publicity. It sounds like Yahoo really has been a great partner to them and given them uh, what they always wanted, which was some creative freedom, love. not a lot of pressure with, with <laughs> ratings and some love. I mean, it was funny to hear them talk about the fact that Yahoo asked them to shoot some promotional photos and they got really excited because there were like... Um, the, the theme of the photos was we're moving. So they had moving boxes and Dan Harmon said that he went into the bathroom 
and started to cry because um, Yahoo had actually bought moving boxes. He was like Sony, which, you know, produced the NBC show, never would have bought the moving boxes. So, you know, there was something really, I guess, uh, moving, so to speak, you know, about the idea yeah. that, uh, that <laughs> Yahoo was going to, uh, you know, make that investment. And, you know, we've now seen the first two episodes and they absolutely look like uh, community episodes. It doesn't look like any corners were cut. In fact, the second wait, episode, wait, community yeah. like season four, community season one. Okay, community season four, I consider to be a non-canonical fan <laughs> adaptation uh, of community. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like season five. You know, one of the things that the show just struggles with uh, is that a lot of its core cast is gone. Uh, Chevy Chase and Yvette Nicole Smith and Donald Glover, right? People who were very core to like this sort of hilarious dynamics between the characters, which is, I think, you know, what a lot of people love about the show. And they've tried replacing them, you know, to varying degrees of success. Um, But I don't know. I watched the first two episodes and I thought they worked. Um, And it it did make me excited to want to watch the rest of it. And, And that's why I think that like, ultimately it probably will be a win for Yahoo because the way that you're going to watch community is you'll either go to the the Yahoo website or you'll download their app screen, uh, which is what they would sort of prefer that you do. And then it's going to just live on your uh, iPad or on your phone. Or watch it on my Apple TV. uh, Or you can watch it on your Apple TV. Uh, they'll, they'll, I don't know. Yeah. They'll be alive. <laughs> yeah, Everything's on Apple TV. Yeah, I don't know. Just use the search bar. Uh, it'll pop up, probably. Um, but they're, they're going to get folks like me who would never in a million years think to go to Yahoo looking for entertainment content to be like, oh, no, that's like where my like cool kind of funky hipster show is that's like run by this like insane genius who's insufferable when he films his podcast, but when he makes a uh, TV show is actually wonderful. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems, it seems like the, the entire idea of, well, I mean, in general, in TV, the entire idea of where a show lives is being really flexible right now. So while it may seem laughable for it to move to Yahoo, stranger things have happened recently. So Uh, yeah, I mean, do any of us really care like what we type in the URL bar before we watch our favorite show? Because you really hate the color purple. (laughs) Yeah. Not the novel. I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there've also been a, a lot of uh, film premieres here, and um, uh, I've gotten a chance to see a few of them. Brian Bishop has also been um, very heroically. Brian Bishop went out to see the premiere of um, the surprise premiere of Furious Seven, which it's kind of a shame he's not here to to tell us. A so bit about I it. I rolled in like a boss, like forty five minutes before the premiere, and watched it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, no spoilers, but but is it is it the best? Is it is it the best um, disappointment ever? Is that what you're asking? <gasps> oh my god! I'm not going to answer that question. That would be unfair. I mean, the fact that you could walk up 45 minutes before and no, it was in. like it was like it was like two hours. Were I'll, people I'll giving honest. you stink eye though? Like, if you did, you no, I, with no. Actually, the, okay. The real problem with uh, my position in the line was the the dude right behind me in the line. We were in a line on a slope. And he was a very large man who was very drunk and eventually had to be carted away. Oh, my um, God. But since we were on a hill, he kept on, like, rolling into me. <laughs> Wait, Wait, how rolling? is this man shaped? How did he... <laughs> is he shaped like an egg? <laughs> he, was, he was rollable. Let's just leave oh it at that. Oh, my God. This is a man on two legs. He, He's rollable. He kept on, like, his wife was there trying to help him out, trying to get him to, like, go home or something. And he just kept on sitting there going, fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was trying pumped. not to puke. Um, anyway, oh my God. that's what I do when I'm trying not to yeah, puke. Right? <laughs> <Fast>. <laughs> I'm gonna do this forever. Then, so, 
Give if me you, strength. If you like Fast and Furious movies, it, it will it will not disappoint you. If if you're like me and you've never seen one, is this the best way to get into the series? No. They're not even driving. They're just fly- as far as far as I can tell from the trailer, they're just it's just cars. There's flying a the lot air. of actually. There's it's like a running joke that cars don't fly in the, in the <laughs> that. There's a spoiler for you. That's oh, gonna man. date it in a few years. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> we'll look back at it and laugh. We wrote a post about a flying car here at South by Southwest. You should say about what is it? It's coming by 2017 it's not or something. Coming. It's, it's it's a pipe dream. It, it, it's a very 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 well executed prototype of a flying car. That uh, will never turn into a commercial business. But he's a very sweet man. Was he on um, Shark Tank ever? Because I totally saw a flying car guy on Shark Tank. It's possible. I I don't know. I didn't follow Shark Tank. (laughs) You should should catch up on it. (laughs) Go back to the beginning. Just watch them all in sequence. There's a complex meta narrative if you start at the very beginning. Um, uh, some other f- films that premiere here. Um, Ex Machina, I think, was probably the biggest, uh, at least the biggest genre picture here, and maybe the most well received premiere that I've been aware of, at least. Um, that premiered a couple nights ago here. Um, Kwame, you got a chance to talk to the the writer and director Alex Garland, mm-hmm. who uh, previously wrote the screenplay for Sunshine, Sunshine Twenty Days Later. The d- dread, yeah, which well, I, I didn't even realize that. You would never think, as a that, matter of fact. But that movie is amazing. Yeah, no, Can we sidebar real quick? The Dread 3D <laughs> is an incredible film. Um, oh my god, I, I'm just. Can I just say I'm in love with Lena Headey? Oh my is god, that, that's what I was but, I think Heedy? it's pronounced. Okay. Yeah, but, but that movie is wonderful. Uh, but so is Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, who knew uh, that a talented person could keep making good things? <laughs> um, what is it about? Um, so it Ex Machina is it's a very very simple story. It's uh it's just that uh, Oscar Isaac kind of plays a the um, CEO of a, a Google type company who has one of the lower level employees uh, employees flown out to his compound in the forest uh, where he's going to unveil this AI that he's been working on and um, and he tells this guy played by Dom Gleeson, um who played uh, a kind of AI construction in uh in a black mirror episode which mm-hmm. is interesting to see the tables get turned there but uh, interestingly enough he was also in dread what wait, wait, he was yeah he was a computer programmer he wasn't named though but he was in dread it all just so oh, pale yeah. that sometimes you can't even <laughs> you would never him. know uh <laughs> but uh, uh so don lock leeson's character is uh kind of tasked with running this series of, of turing tests basically with this ai named ava um and just to see if she if he feels that she passes for human um but then it kind of the the the, the ai gives him reason to believe that he shouldn't trust uh nathan who's oscar isaac's character and there's sort of just this this interesting kind of you never really know whose side you're supposed to be on type scenario between the three of them um but i really liked this movie um and uh kwame you also got to see it before Mm -hmm. south by southwest too um what uh what was your impression of talking to to garland because i know he he made the comment both in your interview and at the the q a after that he basically saw himself on the side of the ai in the in the film i mean watching the movie and this was a couple weeks ago and there are definitely moments where you want to be a little squicked out about the the portrayal of the robot mm-hmm. in terms of her being aesthetically attractive and all of this. And then the ending comes and it's kind of like, holy shit, imagine watching this movie from her perspective. Yeah. And it's kind of wonderful in that it kind of plays with your head and your expectations. Yeah. We don't want to spoil it too much, but it yeah. does like, I will say that if you... Uh, 
as I was a little bit, a little bit suspicious of the fact that, oh, here's another mm-hmm. sexy female looking robot uh, that, you know, these two dudes are 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 kind of alternately afraid of or lusting after. Mm-hmm. Like, there's definitely there is a surprise. Um, I mean, it's a common trope. Like you mentioned in your review, the Machine and Mansion Metropolis yeah. and mm-hmm. like Seven of Nine and however many sexy robots there have been in fiction forever. Not enough. but like i talked about it with um garland about if you were to switch the mind of ava into an an aesthetic man figure and it's kind of like well what do you expect of this body now Mm. and it's a really interesting thought that he kind of plays within the movie as well yeah and i think i think overall and this is something i've heard from a few filmmakers here just in terms of there's a lot of these sort of bleak near future paranoia kind of uh tech sci-fi stories here and that almost feels like intentional now as far as the programming goes here like there's obviously a lot of crossover appeal for that with people who are here for interactive stuff i mean they also have a bunch of music programming as well but um but it does seem like a really really good place to screen one of these more mid-level indie level uh sci-fi uh uh sci-fi movies but um but i've heard from a lot of people it's like they, they present this very kind of bleak picture of of how our relationship to tech is going to change and then uh and then the q a or whenever afterwards like no but i love technology it's great uh <laughs> which is it, it's it's just it's just a funny disconnect because i don't know I, we also saw um brian and i both saw uh, unfriended which is the mtv uh horror movie that I, takes place on skype i really want to see this it's so do i you know what i loved ex machina but i will say that i was more excited about Unfriended when I left it than I was about Ex Machina because I like Ex Machina. It's like a it's like more of a slow burn, but like mm-hmm. everything that you see in Unfriended, at least for me, I'd never seen before in a movie. Like the way that wow. it tells a story. I mean, granted, it's a very kind of like one by one revenge ghost story, like very kind of typical model of like any teen horror movie. But it takes place entirely on uh, one of the main character's screens. And um, while she's Skype group chatting with a bunch of her friends who we find out all kind of had something to do with the suicide of one of their classmates and um, the way that it. It, uh, it it uses just interactions we're very used to. Like, we, okay, I'll back up a second. I'll back <laughs> up a feels. second. I have a lot, a lot of feels. feelings. Okay, so so we spend most of our lives on computers, right? <laughs> like, or at least like a good portion. But when you watch movies or TV, that doesn't reflect that because it's boring to watch somebody be on a computer. Um, but at the same time, like so much of our knowledge of like how dramatic situations happen in our life, how these scenarios play out, we see that a lot of times on a screen or right. on a text message or something. And this uses that in a way that I've never seen before. Like, there's a part where a girl is trying to... The, the main character whose computer we're watching is trying to tell somebody about something bad that happened to this this girl, and she doesn't know how to say it, and you see her type it out, delete it, mm. type it out. It's a Facebook message, so it, so it has the uh, so-and-so is typing thing. Mm-hmm. And then she eventually gives up and just, like, says something vague and 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 posts it. But that's, like, that... You've seen that before. You know what right. that means. And that's like that. I was like very, very excited about that. Um, and it's not boring at all. It turns out to just watch people Skype together. It's right. it works. I it, well, I just say it, it sounds like it's a, we're a long way from like Sandra Bullock in the net, you know, just like, right. typing <laughs> yeah. in like you know, access into the password field and oh yeah. taking down the mainframe. 
the mean, one thing that sort of stands out in that movie is that all of her tabs are like MTV related things. Well, of course. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I was just Googling Teen Wolf. Uh, <laughs> That's a show I watched. Did you know it's day. on Tuesdays at 8 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm super old, but do, do, do teens have like three hour Skype calls? Is that a thing that happens? I would imagine. I mean, I used to do group yeah. calls when yeah, I was a, I in junior high. Too. Um, okay. I, I had a two-hour Skype call the other day. I'm not going to go into it, but it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> was it with Brian no. while you were meerkatting each other? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just with a friend, but oh, man. don't worry about it. But I, actually, <laughs> I was really interested in, like, this is a conceit that's actually been used before, but, like, not to this extent. Like, yeah. in the short film Noah and in actually a really recent uh, episode of Modern Family, which I oh, watch. Oh, right, yeah. And I don't care to watch. But, yeah. I mean, it just seems like this is taking it to, like, an extent that's really fascinating. Yeah, well, because it's not just the video aspect that they use. Right. They use all this stuff. And they, like, when she goes and looks up this ghost legend, like, you see her... Like, the way that they choose for her to bring up that window again, go back to her conversation, like, give us some more information via this, like, forum that she's reading and then go back to this the, huh. the chat with her friends. It's crazy. Like, it's it's actually really, it's really how, works. how we actually use our yes. computers. That's wild. So yeah. it didn't feel like a gimmick ever? No, no. Wow. No, no. It's, it's pretty seamless. Like, it's... it's uh, and the horror stuff just makes it exciting. Like, I mean, it'd be interesting to see that play out as like a comedy or a drama or something like that. I don't, I don't know. But the horror thing definitely works. What's with it. the kid getting his hand blended? Like, what is that? <laughs> well, we see him making some salsa at the beginning of the movie, and and then you know things happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was that was great. And 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 Brian has a Q and A with Jason Blum, who makes most horror movies these days, but uh, was a producer on this as well. Um, it was also made with the guy who did those. Um, the uh, night watch the russian uh director oh, really? uh timur i can't say his last yeah. name i can't pronounce it but he yeah he was one of he worked on that as well so huh. um yeah uh any other movies that you guys saw that you were, you were into? oh god should we talk about russell brand or? yes yes because that's one uh, of the bigger stories to come out of here yeah. russell brand's no show for his own movie it's absurd because it's one of those things where it's like russell brand is not as much of a celebrity as he was in the mid thousands in the way that he's not a rock star, like comedian, like in get him to the Greek or anything like this now is kind of like a political agitator and he still has a massive following, but it's gotten to the point where like he's lost some of that cachet. So with the film being the, like the first debut of South by it's kind of like, okay, this is a massive showing. It's also done by Andy Timurin, who is a well-regarded documentarian and he didn't show up. He mm -hmm. peaced out. He made a statement like, it really hurts me. And I'm sure it's very good, but I'm not going to be there to watch it. And this made the news cycle for South by that first weekend. And it came out. And I thought it was interesting, but problematic in that it was really kind of fawning in certain yeah. ways. Which is surprising to me because she she did uh, the movie... That like amazing documentary we live in public mm -hmm. um which is about i mean not as extreme personality as as russell brand sure. but but definitely somebody who's kind of decided to place himself in an outsider zone and is also very messianic i've never said that word out loud um <laughs> you'd never have cause to yeah <laughs> um and and you know she's she stays pretty critical of him and that's what makes the documentary good it's mm -hmm. like it's it's not a it's not a smear piece, but it's like definitely warts and all a depiction of this guy's life. Um, so it's interesting to me that she would be kind of go along with with Russell Brand's rebirth or whatever sure. he wants I mean, to call it. 
she did the Q&A after the film and it was kind of like, and she's done interviews saying that she doesn't drink his Kool-Aid, but it, you definitely get the sense, especially like him coming to stardom after, like you see this guy smoke crack in the film. It's oh. intense. You see him injure himself on stage and like, you know, the same darkness that she shows of, of her characters or her subjects in the previous films, you see that here, but it's kind of like, as part of like the grounding his being an important and necessary person in our times now, which I don't really buy, although I get that he is a charismatic and fascinating figure. That's sort of where I come down on him. He seems very charismatic. I think he's done some good things, but it would be hard for anybody to make the case to me that he was like one of like a singular cultural figure. Right. Maybe more in Britain. I don't know. Like, yeah. do they care more about what he has to say? I mean, I feel like he reached his peak here when he was married to Katy Perry as far as like visibility and, and celebrity cachet. Uh, Part of that is in the movie as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's a dra- I never actually saw Katy Perry's movie. Well, now I want to watch them both <laughs> on the same night. Back to back. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. Because yeah. her movie is about her divorce from him as well. Get the, mm-hmm. th- the two sides of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That would be like the affair, but like with Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the movie, it's kind of like they broke up because he got really into his spiritual ideology and like not wanting to be materialistic and Katy pop star and it's kind of like fine but you still have a mansion and you still like it's it's absurd it's absurd a lot of the movie where he has all this shit he has like a machine gun lamp and but he wants to like divest himself of all his shit right it's bizarre so Hmm. he doesn't actually want to divest himself of anything like he see he he keeps saying that he's close but not quite there (laughs) right right and i feel like that's i'm close i'm just gonna enjoy my stuff a little while longer and i mean he's clearly benefiting from like he wants to like destroy all of like capital and like socioeconomic like structure and like guide us into like new consciousness whatever that means and he's kind of like well i don't have to be the one who figures that out but we need to do something now and that catches people and it's it's weird rosie o'donnell is ready to like follow him in a robe like around the like rosie o'donnell it's weird wow yeah they would last like one week together (laughs) she can't even stay on the view for more than like four days at a time anymore Who's worse, Elizabeth Hasselbeck or, or Russell Brand? You know, maybe um, Russell whoa. Brand should be on the View. <laughs> Who'd win in a fight? <laughs> Russell Brand on the View as a permanent yeah oh, with Joy no, Behar. No, 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 no. That and would be Barbara. amazing. I, I, like and some Whippy? of these people have retired. Bring them back. Yeah, Russell Joy. Rosie O'Donnell and Barbara Walters. That's yeah. my my dream view <laughs> cast. Make it happen. ABC. We are the Verge staff talking about the view. Right. <laughs> well, um, well, speaking of brands, you knew I was going <laughs> to use it once. You knew yeah. I was going to use it once. Um, we, I, I forgot we we didn't mention something kind of interesting that that uh, happened with Ex Machina as far as brands go, which was um, a kind of incredible. I, I no, it's just a stunt. It's not an active. I'm pretty sure this isn't an activation, but. Um, uh, they they made a Tinder account uh, that was visible if you were in Austin uh, that was of the lead actress in it who is a relatively unknown actress um, and people were swiping right and and trying to talk to her and they were getting interacted with like by this character by this AI character and then when, once the kind of once the conversation kind of ended they would be redirected to a website with stuff well, about the movie the, the best part about that was uh, she was asking them questions that was like 
like a short marketing brandy version of a Turing test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like stuff to like prove that you're human. It's like, so you've, you've passed the test. I think you're a human. Yeah. I'm obviously not. Come look at my marketing website. <laughs> <laughs> I... Look, it's easy to laugh at this. I consider it a form of brand terrorism. Here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, dating is horrible. Has Have any of you ever dated? Like, if you yes. ever find yourself oh. on one of these apps, uh, you know, and you're just trying to holler back at somebody who looks pretty to you, and you're hoping somebody is going to be like, oh, like you don't seem completely horrible. Yeah, I'll actually engage with you. And then to find out... <laughs> That it's a robot trying to get you to go see a movie. I would have wept if I had been lured into one of these conversations. This is is your problem, is that that you have enough self-esteem to think that you deserve love in the first place. Trust me, I'm working on it. I just just always assume that everything is going to go terribly. And Tinder drags down into the abyss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think this is funny because, you know, Tinder launched the the part of its, its service that you have to pay for if you're above a certain age, which is, like, obviously also kind of weird. But they can't really do advertising on it because I mean that people have done advertising before. There've been little marketing things. Mindy Project did something um, with Tinder, but I don't think that in that arena you can like if more of those stunts start happening, people just won't trust Tinder anymore because they'll be like everything here is a bot that's True. trying to like right now. There's not really that much of a problem with bots, whether they're like fictional bots or actual bots on Tinder. And but the more that people re- like are like, oh, I'm going to run my marketing stunt on this and take advantage of people's feelings. Right. So I don't know if Tinder approved this or not. I, they 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 stone cold refused to reply to my email hmm. about like, did you guys is this an acceptable use of your platform? Did you guys hmm. take part in this or what? Like, I have no idea. Hmm. It would be very interesting to know. I mean, it based on what we saw of it, I didn't see anything that indicated that they'd gotten any sort of like special treatment, right? I mean, I think it was just somebody here who created a fake Facebook account and created yeah. a Tinder account with it and then talked to a bunch of people. And other platforms have like sponsored labels that make it clear that this is a sponsored campaign. So yeah. like if that were to happen on Tinder, then you probably would swipe left and be done with it. But right. like but who's ever in the mood to like be marketed to while they're trying to get some on the internet? Exactly. You know, it's like it's like exactly. oh, I was trying to find somebody to spend the night with, but I think I'll click on this Engage Pepsi ad. This ad. Like, <laughs> it doesn't. This work is that more way. interesting to me right now. The o- like, like the only way I could see this working is if like we fast forward like ten years in the future, where where it's just like you know all new release movies are VOD on your smartphone, and so like after the robot AI tricks you on your dating app, it's like haha, I'm a robot, but you got to admit pretty cool tap here and i'll show you the movie that this is about like then maybe that completes the like purchase cycle then, then, yeah the, the, the marketing will be complete like i broke yeah. your spirit now you have no choice instead oh, of going right. out having fun with other humans oh, right. in the, abyss. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with south by like this like this convention or festival what have you is traditionally and historically like just filled with thirsty bloggers so everyone is looking for like for something so it's amazing that it happened here and it worked here right yeah it does seem like the benefit to them was just that we all wrote about it right Right. like it's one of those things where like the outrage reaction to it was the best yeah and uh, is is outrage a good note to end on? I think it's always the note well, I like yeah. to end on. I, I want, I, I'm still in the abyss. Um, <laughs> we've been here forever. 
Uh, two years. I just looked at the calendar. Or, we've been here an eternity. I but, haven't even gotten to my halfway but point. But I was going to say, Emily, you are here for music and, and the rest of film. You're here for like another month. I live here now. <laughs> uh, Is going to be a video of that? Yeah. <laughs> going to do a little music video. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, so music kicks off officially tomorrow, uh, although there hasn't, I mean, that hasn't stopped bands and people and djs and stuff from being here already um so i'll be covering music which i'm it's a lot it's it's gonna be i i'm told that the crowd completely changes then it becomes Mm. a completely different affair i don't even know what to call it festival activation yeah (laughs) i never want to hear that word again in my life um but yeah there's uh there's a few different showcases that i'm interested in i i saw the first of two uh pc music showcases which is a electronic music collective i guess that i'm really interested in and um yeah it's just it's it's as as massive as everything else is is here the music stuff is like going through the physical book that they give you when you get your your music band it's like um yeah it's it's sort of a similar uh feeling that i had at ces when i was like in one of the the convention halls and there was just a sea of people i was like there aren't this many people who work in tech and right. the same thing when I'm going through this book, I'm like, there aren't this many bands. Like, there are not <laughs> this many people making music. It's, but there are somehow, and they all play here, whether officially or unofficially at, like, some of the bars around town. So I'm going to be listening to a lot of musical innovators, trendsetters. <laughs> not going to say the word. <laughs> there will be there will be fewer of the, the, the word we won't say. Yeah. I think after... In, uh, well, the, uh, you'd be surprised. Time. I mean, everything is... Like, the thing that I went to last night was sponsored by Daily Motion. Like, okay. I was watching these DJs under a bright blue neon sign that said Daily Motion. Like, it's all, it's all covered. <laughs> everything has been bought. Nothing is authentic. Sold. I just love the idea of just Daily Motion sponsoring anything. It's just a <laughs> yeah. website that just, like, house. hosts, like, pirate... It's just what, like, it's the pirated content house... house? I imagine the Daily Motion uh, house, I just imagine it's just like uh, episodes of Friends uh, that have been like dubbed into <laughs> Russian and like the entire series of Battlestar Galactica, but it's they've like flipped it horizontally to like get around a content Daily Motion, filter. I, I'm sure you're very nice people, but you don't, you deserve the head, the shed behind Mashable's house. <laughs> <laughs> come come oh, meet with friend. us at the Daily Motion like, shed. Like hip chat co- rolls up at an RV to this event. Like you can have an RV, <laughs> not the big RV, the little short RV. That's you, you deserve get. the back seat on the end of the Hootsuite bicycle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the Hootsuite bicycle is terrifying. It's the worst thing in that the world. That is the craziest, <laughs> scariest activation so if, I've ever seen. If you haven't seen it, it is, it's one Check of these, like... Check my Twitter. <laughs> Check out my Twitter. It's one of these bikes where everybody, like, you know, like... Bice, you know, pedals, and it's like you have meetings on them, but it has a giant plastic owl like draped over it, like melting on top of it. <laughs> yeah, and In then the everybody's <laughs> drinking on it, kind of. But there's like, like there's taps on it, but I don't think they have beer. Like I don't, I don't know right. what it is. It's. Uh, yeah, and it, pl- it blasts music too as it goes down the street. It's not a very efficient form of of transportation. It's like the trolley in the in the grove, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably the worst. That's the worst brand activation I think that's here. It's there's nothing even even 
kind of ironic to like about it. It's just terrible. And that's no. what life is. A series of down endings. <laughs> God. <laughs> you uh, are awful. <laughs> I, come on, I fundamentally believe in the goodness and the truth of humanity. Self by Southwest is broken dieter. Yeah. I, by the way, this whole podcast started with Emily being like, it feels like the vibe is really good here. I know. <laughs> I'm feeling and great. Like, no. Yeah. No, like I actually I do genuinely feel great. I feel like we've we've gone through the brand looking glass and now it's like we understand what its place is and we know where the lines are yeah. on these things. And so we can be like, you get this part, we're keeping this part. And like the encroachment, it went very far, but I think it's like it's hit its apex. And mm-hmm. that that's actually hopeful. The Don't brands may soon. be in retreat. <laughs> the brands are retreating. And with that, we end on a positive note. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. This has been a Verge podcast from South by Southwest. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. 